What's up, uh, comic book fans, but also sci-fi fans? I am Anchor Pete, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Dr. Zayas G.O.D., Danny Torkel. Danny, how you doing on this beautiful Saturday evening? Uh, oh, uh, you, you hit the right word there. It's uh, finally uh, here in New York. We've had like back-to-back -back beautiful days, like high 60s, uh, sunny. I was at the park with my daughter earlier. Very nice. Uh, having a good weekend so far. And very excited to talk about uh, the Raised by Wolves finale with you today. Yes, yes. I'm curious about your shirt. What do you got on there? Is that a He-Man? It's a spoof He-Man shirt with Vin Diesel that says, I have a family. Oh. <laughs> yeah. freaking awesome. I, this was one of the shirts or? where, like, uh, Facebook just, like, reads your mind and is like, let's put this advertisement on and I was like, son of a bitch, Facebook, click, yes. bought it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that Facebook has one of those little like star shaped computer pieces that they want us to access? You know, yeah. Grandmother definitely runs Facebook. Well, I, I'm hundred percent sure. Well, she's like, right she's there. like, you know, all those problems with Russia and Ukraine. Don't worry here. Look, look at these targeted ads. Yeah. We got new games. Yeah. Check it out. And one guy's like, oh, I'm so sick of playing Necromancer or Necro Hunter, whatever the hell the game is called. Anyway, uh, Danny and I are uh, huge fans of Raised by Wolves, and we've once again come to a season finale. And the question is, was this season finale as mind-blowing as the first seasons? So I think we're going to do what we normally do, and we just kind of go character by character and just kind of break things down. So let's start off right away with the kids, because I feel like, the kids are real interesting, but once you get to like mother, father, grandmother, that's the juicy stuff. And Marcus, of course. So um, shall we do uh, Campion and uh, Paul real quick? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So Campion, he's the very first person you see in this episode. He's where Viril just died. He's buried Viril. She doesn't have that uh, eyes wide shut mask on anymore. She has her- Oh yeah, we get one face. more view of the, of the face. Right. Uh, as opposed to like when I close my eyes at night and I see it and it keeps me awake. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just as a little side note, they had a real toy that they were giving away. This one company was making Raised by Wolves action figures. They had her, they had another one of the androids, and then they had Mother. Have you seen that Mother toy? No. Ah, uh, it's. Is it like uh, Necromancer Mother? Like. No, it's it's in the first season, the very first episode. Remember when she just goes on the arc and just blows people away with her voice? It's that. Oh, Complete nice. with like a bloody hallway like set piece next to her. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I didn't win it though, but yeah. But anyway, um, so Campion is the first person we see and he has this like fruit. He crumples it up and he puts it on a cloth so that he can get uh, Vril's message that she wrote. I'm thinking that's going to have significance in season three now right off the bat we should probably point out that they haven't renewed it for season three yet right not that i know of uh and so i did what you told me to do which uh which uh which is i actually watched it on uh on hbo max as opposed to on my phone and right. i got to watch some of the like the behind the scenes stuff and it's it's very clear from the way that this season ended and from the way that the uh, the people who work on the show are talking is that they are fully planning right. on a season three. Right. And it's just a matter of, is HBO Max going to renew it? I, I hope they do uh, because 
I'm loving this show. And I thought that this was a really good end of a season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't think this would be like, if they, if this show got canceled, I would be very disappointed because this is not the type of season finale that can double as like a series finale. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like there are some where like sometimes a show knows where like, this might be it. So let's, close the door but kind of leave it open yeah this is this is almost i would say 100 percent like cliffhanger ending yes yes so uh, i'm i'm really i'm really nervous but it's hbo max so i'll I'll be optimistic until they until i get my spirit crushed later (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, we'll see. And sometimes fans want that shit so much that they'll do like a Kickstarter to get some kind of like animated movie or a comic or maybe even like a, a you know, a novella. And I could see uh, Guzikowski like writing something like that if need be, you know, but hopefully, fingers crossed, this season three. So um, with that being said, the kids like Campion and Paul, they don't really have this like standout distinct story. It's kind of like the kids as a collective that I would kind of talk about because you see the fallout from this whole season, right? Campion is hurt. He, he feels like he's lost Vril. She's dead. He, he kind of treats her like a real person. Uh, Paul is grieving as well. He just lost Sue. So you have these two characters that are kind of the opposites of each other and yet the same. And they're both grieving over the loss of a loved one. Right. And it, it's so interesting too, because like, Campion is sad because he's lost an android that had the memories of a girl. And Paul is sad because he lost this woman who murdered his actual mother and had replaced his mother. Yeah. So it's it's pretty fucked up. Um, And then, of course, we have even more fallout because we have uh, Hunter and Tempest. And they're trying to uh, take care of this baby. And were you kind of surprised? It seemed like Tempest was actually more interested in the baby now than she was last episode. I mean, it's still a baby and it's still her baby. And I think that once, you know, Hunter saves it or takes it, uh, it's kind of like, okay. But then she's also kind of like, completely creeped out by it once she notices that there's a mutation yeah. um and and i thought that was really interesting like she, that she has this idea of like okay like i i i feel bad i love you know it's it's my child but then once she realizes there's something wrong with it and hunter's quick to say oh it might have gotten like tainted by the the creature yeah. but we we see that what it might actually start to be the the beginning of later on yes and you know honestly that kind of just brings us up to a, a big huge spoiler a big point i wanted to talk to you about which is the whole idea of this planet de-evolving people now let's just get to this point right away let's just jump to the meat of it i'm confused because to me it seemed like uh like the Saul wanted to de-evolve people and it sounds like mother, I'm sorry, grandmother and Saul are like opposite forces, right? It doesn't sound like they're on the same path, right? Like, like, would you say that like Saul or whatever it is that sends the signal is the opposite of grandmother or no? 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's what they want you to believe. But, but then grandmother has a line in late in the episode uh, where she takes the little medallion that the little girl dropped off. And she's like, even atheists, when pushed, will start to believe in something. Right. And it kind of led me to think that, you know, because we've been saying this in our conversations about how, you know, you have these religious zealots, but then you also have the atheists who are so extreme in their atheism that it becomes almost like their own religion. Right. That maybe grandmother and Saul are just two sides of the same coin. And without realizing it, maybe they actually do have the same intentions because like I, it made me think like the fruit from last week, like the people eating that fruit are eating the fruit of the tree, which means are, is that what's triggering the, a a de evolving of the people there, which is Saul. But now grandmother is also triggering a de evolving of the people. And and if you think about it, that is a, a something that continues to come up in this show is that people who seemingly have complete opposite, you know, like enemies end up having the exact same, you know, like uh, Marcus and mother are on the same side at the end of this show. Right, right. It's, so it's like this, this is something that has come up time and time again in this series where, and I think that that goes back to, you know, the topic we've been talking about, how you know, the show speaks a lot about religion and the extremes of religion and how, it, you know, I, I, I talk about this with my students sometimes, like extremism on any side is extremism. You know, yes. whatever side you're on, uh, it, it, you could be, you know, the, you know, not to get crazy political, but like, you know, That's the correct. people who attacked uh, the Capitol building on January 6th thought they were doing it for America. Right. And right. you know, that's, that's extremism, you know, and, and they become terrorists in the same way that they absolutely hate terrorism. And it's two sides of the same coin. And it's, you know, and you're seeing that here where you have, like you said, you have Saul and the, the entity, uh, and then you have grandmother they're they're doing the same thing right so are they are they op- opposing forces i don't know <laughs> yeah i i think um okay so so what's interesting that the, the the gold that you said there the gold in that whole great thing that you just said is the idea that it's two sides of the same coin and essentially maybe it's like if we think of almost as like two programs or two directives trying to achieve the same goal Right. And if you think about it with um, like with artificial intelligence, right, because we've said this many times in the show that Guzikowski, the main seed of this story, pun intended, was like technology might one day raise my children. What do we do if technology raises me when I'm no longer around? So the idea of like an artificial intelligence trying to preserve humanity, that's the core of the show. Right. Mother and, and father. That's the very first episode. Right. Now, maybe these other things like grandmother and Saul are just like two sides of the same coin, two different directives trying to preserve humanity. And one has one way of doing it and one has the other. But even their motives seem kind of similar. Because like you said, it seems like the signals trying to de-evolve people with the fruit 
but then also grandmother wants people to de-evolve too. So like de-evolution though, whatever the case may be, it seems like that's the key to preserving humanity. And that's a it big also, part of uh, It also ties to that, to me, what was the best part of this episode, which is the, the, the two scenes of dialogue between grandmother and father Mm -hmm. uh, with the mm -hmm. whole question of, is it, um, is it happiness, which is the mm -hmm. title of this episode? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. What is better for humanity? Is it happiness or is it knowledge? And right. then the other conversation, which is uh, with mother at the end and grandmother, where mother is like encased in that veil. Yeah. <laughs> veil, the veil. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and the whole conversation is, while screaming is like, you were supposed to protect humanity. And she's saying, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing They're yeah. just going to be a de-evolved version, which only focuses on, which doesn't get, you know, blinded by these types of religious uh, wars. And they're just going right. to become like creatures. Yes. And, and those two, dialogue scenes, those two arguments and, or like, uh, conflicts are to, I, I'm like, so into that kind of stuff. I'm like, I, I yeah. really hope this is season three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like you and I have referenced lost a lot with this show. And we, we always get worried that like, Oh, it could go the way of loss and not have satisfying answers for questions. And I think that, um, when you, you know, connect them to Lost. One of the main ideas of Lost is that there's like a system in place with this mysterious island and people's emotions and stuff cause them to make decisions that kind of break the system or cause a, a negative thing to occur within the system, right? There, like there was stuff in Lost with like Ben who, who ran the island or whatever. He was in front of the, he was from the others, right? And he did like these impulsive emotional things and it caused there to be problems with the island. I think that mother kind of acts as that character that does emotional things and it kind of messes things up that are like programmed to happen. And so the question is, what is she doing? That's the problem. Right. And, and that brings us to our last child, which we're going to count seven as a child. We're going to count the serpent as a child. So the idea, first of all, is that part of this system was, for the serpent to be born. So the idea is that mother had to get pregnant with seven at some point. I'm not sure if like it, it was always the plan that mother would get pregnant to have seven or not, but like someone had to carry this serpent baby. So, so she's carrying the baby and it, it becomes this big serpent. It eventually eats a tree and becomes weaponized. Right? So I feel like destroying the serpent, which happens in this episode was not supposed to happen. Do you feel the same or no? Uh, I, I honestly, I, this is one of the questions that I have. Like it, to me, uh, and in the behind the scenes stuff, they talk about like all of the, there was a behind the scenes feature about like, te um, uh, robots and AI and technology and like what that's supposed to do for humanity. And like, we've always talked about how, 
you know, the whole Asimov question of, you know, like robots are there to protect humans until the minute that the robots realize that humans are the things that are the most destructive to humans. So right. in order for humanity to survive, we need to kill the humans. Right. Um, was she, I, I don't, I don't know, like, so like the, the snake, uh, the serpent gets born, the serpent, like the serpent is, uh, born of the, uh, the atheist side. Right. And then it, it feeds, it feeds on the tree, which is Mithraic and becomes weaponized. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So, it, I mean, so like it, the mixing of the two creates a weaponized being. Yeah. And I mean, like to go back to the question you asked earlier, like what, what it, I think that when it comes to humanity, it's the emotions, right? Like you were saying with like lost and Ben, like it, it emotions are seemingly what drives us to make all of our bad decisions. And so you have uh, grandmother, like there's a whole big thing when she takes the veil off, she's like struggling right. to like, she's like, it's very unsatisfying because like she's starting to feel things because now she can see and process emotion. Right. And she realizes very quickly, I think that we need to get rid of this. This is what's going to lead us to destroy. So like the happiness, which is an emotion is going to be washed away in the acid water, which we're all going to slowly build up uh, skin that could handle it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious if like there were people watching the show that didn't realize that like, the creatures were evolved like or devolved humans. And like, that was like a surprise for certain people. Like, like we picked up on that like pretty quickly. So I, I think that it was probably wasn't that big of a secret, but they <laughs> kind of just dropped that in a line of dialogue for the first yeah. time. Like we haven't told the children that the uh, creatures are devolved humans. I was like, <laughs> Oh, you just threw that out there in the finale in like a one liner. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Our, our audience seems pretty sharp. There are a lot of people here that definitely, are like yeah. putting their, their theories and stuff. Um, there's certain things that I definitely have not picked up on. And that's why those behind the scenes featurettes, like you were talking about, they, they really help, you know, because you're like, oh, okay, that's the idea. Um, like to me, I was trying to think, well, what's the serpent supposed to attack if it's weaponized? It was going after Campion because it was like jealous of mother's love for Campion. But like, what was it supposed to attack? Was it supposed to like attack the uh, the trust was like the actual AI, right? That mm -hmm. humans had. Like, was it supposed to attack that? Was it supposed to attack like just humans that have like advanced technology? Because it does take out people in that tank, right? Um, it at one point when it's going after camping, it kind of shoots the water, and I don't know if it's just like kind of doing that out of anger or what. Um, and then of course you have this finale where mother with her veil on attacks the the creature right and so it's like i feel like she wasn't supposed to kill it but then what was it supposed to destroy you know and um when mother killed the serpent they talked about this in the behind the scenes featurette they're like we're hoping that you're you're gonna feel sympathy for it you know that you're gonna yes i fucking felt real bad for that creature when she fucking killed it yeah because it's like this set like kind of like a touching moment where like 
no pun intended, where they fly up into outer space and it's reaching out with its tentacles and it like it reaches out to hook onto her and then like mother's just like it tries to pull away and mother's like nope come here gotta do this and yeah and and then okay you think that's it but then she like flies back down and pulls like its brain out of its eye and i'm like ah yeah like come on that was like for this show. That's in top five most disturbing moments. That just like punching it, in and the you eye hear and it screeching like its final death scream as she does that. Like, yeah, like I don't know how you watch that not feeling sympathetic. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so even when it dies, though, its death itself like fucks up the system because apparently there's this giant force field around the planet. And the force field was like keeping the signal from reaching people. And Did you it, notice, by yeah. the way, uh, in the scene where it explodes, uh, that the whatever this force field is has like the shining carpet pattern? Yes. On it? Yes. 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 I, okay. I wasn't. I. I. I've rewatched the episode um, two times. I, I. I just finished rewatching it about a half hour ago, yeah. and I watched it late no uh yeah late thursday night when i got home from seeing uh x and right. yeah uh i both times i was like that and like i'm google imaging i'm like that's the freaking shining carpet <laughs> yep yep yeah it, it's got that kind of the hex kind of pattern which that also reminded me of like wandavision too yeah with the the town and stuff we got a little uh guest appearance over here we got dj ash he's saying i'm here welcome to the show dj um yeah, it, it had that weird pattern. And for a second there, I was like, wait, what the fuck? There's like a shield over this thing now? But then the implication was that the shield is protecting the people from the signal and that they're all going to start to act like Marcus now, right? And uh, and, and here comes DJ Ash, the, the pattern signals simu simulation. That's, that's a big thing for DJ Ash is the idea that this is all a simulation, that they're all like in a matrix almost. I don't know. This episode definitely could make you think well, that way. There is part of me that was like with mother in like that kind of hyper sleep position right. that she's in. Right. And with the humans devolving, uh, grandmother says something to her like, when you wake up, you'll see. And right. part of me wants season three uh to start with like mother waking up and she wakes up and everything's gone and it's just like father and grandmother and all the characters that we've watched for two seasons they're gone and we're gonna have a new set of and it's gonna be like a new set of human life uh yep. and it, it'll be like hundreds of years later or something yep. to that effect uh and they'll be devolved um uh, monsters coming out of the acid beach and we'll be like oh is that campion or is that paul or <laughs> right, hunter right. holly you know yeah right. i i part of me why i love all the characters on the show but like that's kind of what the vibe i was getting at the end like are we gonna are, are we gonna like start season three with like uh almost like an ai i don't know if you ever saw um yeah, ai okay so like the like the, an ending of that nature where it's like two thousand years later and it's just like there's these like super androids uh, right. 
yeah. I, 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 so, yeah. I, uh, oh, I know. Yes, Sith Vicious. Uh, yes, it was. I I don't know how you. I mean, it's really good writing for a show where you're you're sitting there and you're like, oh, that tentacle snake monster. I'm so. I feel so bad. Oh, how sad. That fucking like, jo- that jawless tentacle snake monster that deep throated a tree last episode. Oh man. <laughs> but, no, Sith Vicious, but by the way, that is a fantastic YouTube name, by the way. Oh, we got another person too. Uh Runaway Lady. Yes, yeah, Sith. That hurts. Oh, glad to have a whole bunch of y'all tonight. Please feel free to talk along with us too. You want to hear what you guys think. Yeah. But um, Danny, I like what you're saying there. Because you know, if you think when they put grandmother together. You know, she was in pieces scattered around the tropical zone. And they put her together and they put her together with fuel blood. Like maybe mother goes through a sort of a virtual adventure in season three. And then she wakes up, like you said, and she's the grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I need to shout out Selena Jones because I looked her up on IMDb. She's, sure. she's been in one short film and yeah. then this. And oh, wow. This is the first time like the veil comes off. So we see her face and by the end of this episode, she's a beautiful woman, but she was utterly terrifying. And like the way she was talking like down to mother while she's in the pod with her like hand over her mouth and the, the camera uptight on her face. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, yes, yes. The, she yeah, was she fantastic in yeah, this episode. We got uh, okay. So then, uh, DJ Ash is saying the original engineers separated religion, but it was like a virus in the system, caused it to use Mithraism in its programming. Okay, I like that. Uh, Sith Vicious says, "I'm with you." I wonder if season three will be a totally different perspective. I, I, I see Danny's idea, and I, I think it could be that totally. But I feel like they're still going to kind of keep it within the same time frame. Maybe by the very end of the show, they might do a jump. But I think. If there is a season three, there won't be a jump yet. She was yeah, great. Definitely. is the right word. Thank you, Sith. Um, and Danny, I always like to read what they say, too, just so that if people are listening as like a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, so we talked about Seven Dying. We talked about uh, the kids. Let's talk about um, mother and grandmother. We already kind of started talking about this, too. But basically, grandmother's plan seems to be to de-evolve the humans and to kind of keep them happy in their little bubble. And that was best exemplified in that scene where they go up to that woman that has all the uh, kind of like the black market stuff. Like you know, she's just sort of giving people items of trading and bartering. Um, and <laughs> she doesn't want any more medallions. Right. And so grandmother tells her to give out these little things that like will give them a game. Like, what do you think that game does? I'm uh, I'm sure that. It's like the uh, it it uh, to me it just kind of feels like the old Roman uh, Roman Empire you know bread and circuses like keep the keep the people entertained give them like gladiator shows and violence and keep them cheering and they'll forget how hungry and poor they are and I kind of feel like it's something similar to that like and it just like deadens the humanity of people like I. We both have children. We both see what, you know, technology does to them. And, you know, I'm a te- we're both uh, in education. We, we see what it does to our students. And, yes. you know, so if, if there's nothing but like 
this style of like here go play your necromancer video game and <laughs> you know eat this fruit and don't worry that you suddenly have webbed hands or you know your your hands have become cal calcified to uh withstand the acid water of the ocean don't worry about it just just you know, get to level 100 you know <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. think i think that is part of it i think that you know maybe there's something in like the brain waves that like literally kills brain waves mm. and like kills the human ability to think independent thought yeah yeah right yeah because those creatures are definitely even though they're like kind of physically de-evolved from us they're also they seem kind of more primal and more animal-like so yeah that's a good point that probably helps with it it helps like break them down quicker it's a really good point um I really like that interaction. Uh, it made me like that woman that works in the black market or whatever. Um, the fact that the little girl gives her that doll of mother and, and you know, they call mother Lamia too. And so they, it's almost like they built a new religion around her. They called her like Lamia, the destroyer or something like that, or Lamia, the protector. Uh, and so that woman keeps the necklace on her, like under her coat. She's protecting her religion. So it's all like, you know, unspoken things. You know, grandmother gives her these things. She does sell them. It's not like she throws them in the trash. She does give them to people. But she's also like kind of holding on to the idea of mother coming back too. So yeah. I thought that was a great scene. I think that was like the second to last scene of the episode, right? Yeah. It is it that scene and then grandmother goes and sees mother? No, I think it's mother and then that scene. And okay. then marcus part at the end oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. so so runaway lady says season three needs to show us what happened to marcus uh and then dj s ash said the game is minecraft pure poison okay <laughs> nice it's funny the mutations this is from runaway lady the mutations i expected from the fruit didn't happen mutations came from a source i could never have predicted okay and then uh, let's see, DJ Ash said, oh, the doll shows we created our gods, demons, and angels. Yeah, yeah, humans have that ability to create their own mythology based on what they can't explain or the greater things yeah. happening around them. Yeah, good point. So why don't we talk about uh, Marcus, because that's pretty much the, the end, right? The cliffhanger end. Um, he gets captured by Lucius, right? Yeah. And Lucius has that Punisher mask on and he um, brings him out into the, um, you know, the wilderness essentially. And a tree has now grown from the serpent's corpse. Um, and then they hang Marcus upside down and like essentially crucify him to the tree upside down. Right. Pretty intense. Right. <laughs> and, they, and then they, you know, he says that Saul told him that you need to die with your head covered and he covers his head with the, Punisher helmet or the punishment helmet. Um, right, right. Yeah, that was, that was pretty, I, it was shocking watching. Oh, so, well, first of all, Marcus goes to the pit where he, where they found that, uh, what we were calling the engineer. Uh, and he's going to go down even further this time and find like, I, what was he they were looking for more like proof of the entity or something to that nature yeah him and paul had like their own plan right they i think they basically wanted to like find Saul, right yeah so there yeah. he was going to go down even further into the pit 
and he gets shot by Lucius, who then hangs him, crucifies him upside down to the tree. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a uh, disturbing, creepy image. It reminds me of the poster for that movie. Uh, what's that movie on Shutter? It was on our like top 10 list two years ago. Um, the movie that it's by the guy that did The Strangers, too. Like Wicked and. Oh, Dark and the Wicked. Right, right. That one has like a, a person that's almost like they're crucified, but they're right ways up above a farmhouse, right? The mother. Yeah. That, that's such a creepy image. And that's the last shot of this fucking season, too, is him upside down, you know? Yeah, dripping blood for, or. Uh. Yeah. So, so the question is if Saul wanted him to be hung upside down with the helmet on, what did that do? Like, why did that make him float upside down? You know, is he like absorbing some kind of power? Is he like, you know what I'm saying? Like what's, what's going on there? There's, there's part of me that, well, I mean, obviously look, I mean, we're, we're talking, everything is based around religion here. So somebody dying via crucifixion who suddenly starts to rise, you don't yeah. really have to draw too many parallels to get to, you know, is Marcus, in fact, the prof like the, the prophesized one who is going to return is 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 he going to become like a, you know a Jesus type figure? Like I, I don't know. Like it, because it's the last scene we see in the episode and of the season, it's like it's going to be one of those uh, things that like we we hopefully start the third season with. Uh, then again, if if what I said, the third season was going to be, then we wouldn't find out unless Marcus is like above everything else, unless he is part of the entity. Maybe the entity like lives within him, you know, uh, who knows? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I mean, crucified upside down, it makes me think like Antichrist, right? It's like the opposite of Jesus, which... Definitely, you know, that's like the evilest idea, right? You, I mean, you're very familiar with the Antichrist and Damien and the Omen, right? So, and of Rosemary's Baby, too. We got a couple of comments, too, from another a new person. Keen James said, look into the Cygnus constellation. Marcus is an inverted swan. He's, he's kind of talking about constellations a bit, uh, Keen James. He also says, Johannes Kepler was a composer and astronomer. Kepler 22b is our planet that the show takes place on. Um he said, I'm almost up to the scientific revolution in my uh, in my global classes, and we do talk about Kepler, but I never, foolishly, never put the two and two together of Kepler, the astronomer, and this being a sci-fi show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I love the, the little uh, references here. Um, Mother symbolizes the Swan constellation Cygnus. Okay, and then this one's real interesting too. Sith Vicious says another channel pointed out that in season one, Marcus and Sue had a painting in their home of someone crucified upside down way early foreshadowing. I think that that one Sith, it, that kind of goes along with DJ Ash's theory that this is all simulation. Cause like a lot of times when you have a story where there's like a simulation, the imagery that's in the simulation usually is like gets repetitive. Right, right, repeated. It's, it's like reference. right, right, right. You know, it yeah, also so. makes me want to have to rewatch the entire show now so crap yeah <laughs> yeah we have to go back and rewatch it yeah yeah so um i don't know i mean did you have anything else you want to say about season two or i mean i, I 
just as an overall thought, I, I, I thought that this season was great. I, I loved, uh, how I love how like the, we start in the tropical zone and we end with a coming winter um, and things are freezing and there's so much, there's so much symbolism of like things are coming to an end and, or like there's going to be a new beginning, something to that effect. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly what, you know, it reminds me of, again, of our conversation we had with uh, David Weiner uh, last weekend where it's just like science fiction really makes you think and it really makes you have these types of conversations where like we have these people these viewers commenting in really like great ideas and great thoughts that i've watched every episode of the show and i've never thought of and i'm like shit are they, what is that is that what this is like I, I, and as much as i love horror and i love talking about horror and i can talk about horror until the, the sun goes up and down. <laughs> you don't have these types of conversations when you're no. talking about horror. In no. horror, it's more like, did you see how far the knife went into his face? Holy shit. <laughs> you know, for the most part. Like, yeah, there are some horror movies that you can get into, like, some great uh, conversations and dialogues and debates about, uh, about well, what's the meaning of this and what's the meaning of that? But right. sci-fi... Uh, really makes you think about like literally everything the world building like the motivations of characters uh obviously when you have things like ai and robots and androids you think about modern technology and how far technology is going to go in the not so distant future you know yeah. uh somebody what's the quote or the the, the the like there's been more advances in in technology in the last 50 years Right. than there have in like the the Last previous 5,000 years. Right, 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 right. And right. so like how scary does that make you think about like what's life going to be like in 2050 when we're hopefully still alive and like our kids are maybe, you know, maybe we're grandparents and uh, like what are our grandchildren going to play with? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, those things kind of creep me out already. Uh <laughs> And then I watch a show like this and I'm like, Ugh. so. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when they said the date, it was not that far considering how advanced some of the technology is. I was like, oh, it's only like I love going years. back and watching yeah. like the sci-fi movies that we grew up with and right. knowing that I've now lived through. Like past it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like right. so just to, just to shamelessly plug we're going to be on, on our sister channel, The Lassercast, which is our horror movie channel, um, because our interview with David Weiner is up there, and that is uh, for In Search of Tomorrow, uh, a five-hour, totally awesome uh, 80s science fiction documentary that you can get at 80sscifidoc.com until March 27th. Yeah. There you go. Um, because we have that interview up on... The Lazarcast channel, we are going to be covering 80s sci-fi movies that could that have some horror in them. Yes. And so like The Terminator, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow on the Lazarcast, right. the um the bomb that goes off, the nuclear war that takes place is August 29th, 1997, a date that I like had scarred into my mind 
after seeing Terminator 2 in the movie theater three right. times as a nine or 10 year old. And now it's 25 years after 1997. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Back to the Future, you know, they go Back to the Future 2, they go to 2015 and there's flying cars and hoverboards and self-lacing sneakers. And we're now almost 10 years past that. So yeah. it, it, I remember the other one, it was a escape from New York. I'll never forget the box. The box art of the VHS was like, it's 1997. New York city is a maximum security prison. I'm like, well, if you ask some people, they'll tell you that, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that documentary was fantastic and you guys should go check it out on the last week's channel. Um, it is interesting, like what we all ultimately foretell, like what we think is coming up in our future. But it's always interesting that, like, the idea of like religion and stuff always presents like a danger, and beliefs always present a danger. And the show is so very good at that. And some of the people in the comments have actually said a lot of more interesting things too. Um, like uh, Runaway Lady was just, you know, thanking Keen for, uh, you know, his little point he made about um, Kepler. Keen has some interesting things here. Cygnus contains the sun Kepler-22 and the planet 22b. That solar system can support life and looks like a replica of the android eye. Okay, that's super interesting. Sounds like Keen really knows his astronomy. Star turns out cosmic energy from that sector that is said to have sparked the evolution of modern humans. Okay, that that sounds kind of like uh, Marvel stuff. With I like, have to start. Yeah. I'm going to have to start studying Cygnus now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Andrew. So who's... Is Guzikowski's first name Andrew? Yes. Uh, no. Andy. Andy. Okay. I would assume. So, I'm assuming that's what he's saying then. Andrew said, don't believe the Bible stories. They get distorted. Okay. So maybe that's in the behind the scenes featurette. The serpent. Oh, this is from Keen. The serpent is the guardian of the egg in Greek mythology. It keeps the egg from hatching. Okay. When I think of serpents and mythology, I usually think of Norse mythology. And I think of Ysidral, which is like the, the tree of life, like the Norse God tree. Um, and then there's a serpent in that, and that's supposed to like eat Thor at the end of Ragnarok. Um, the game chips are shaped like the tree of Sue. That was actually one other point I wanted to bring up real quick. I know then you got to go do something too, but like um, they had one scene where they showed, I believe like grandmother's memories and they showed people like worshiping in cloaks. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. And, and then they showed a person get turned into the tree. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real disturbing. I mean, you were talking about horror before. I mean, that was like straight up horror movie when the guy just turned into a fucking tree and like gushing. Yeah, blood like the tree. tree like rips out the skin and like, oh, yeah, that was. Yeah. And it's just so horrible to think that that happened to Sue, you know? Um, and then here, this is the last comment we got in here. Uh, Keen says, it looks like the old inhabitants are sacrificing that android that wears a mask similar to the engineers. Okay, so so that was an android that got uh, sacrificed. Okay, that's interesting. Well, okay. do you, what was that? I just, did you know that there's this like race of characters on the show where they, they look devolved, but they're like part of the collective? So like, it makes me feel like, like there's already some of that going on yeah, yeah. Sue's death, well, runaway lady says Sue's death was a horror upon horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, 
if Sue died in the way we see in that projection of like what happens when you become the tree, then yeah. And we both, um, we both love Sue as a character um, and the actress uh, Naima Algar, uh, we love from Censor. So, right, right. you know, uh, she was great. And yeah, uh, she definitely deserved a better uh, fate than she got on this show. But um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, also Sid Vicious says the way the kids responded to the tree video, great acting. I agree. They have a really, really fucking talented cast. All the, the androids, the kids, uh, Marcus, everybody on the cast is fantastic. I think HBO really hit the jackpot with this show, which seems to be kind of an unappreciated show. But we're, we're really happy that you guys have been tuning into this like after show and talking about it with us. Because me and Danny, even though it's not like in big mainstream pop culture, we're really eating the show up and we're big fans. Yeah. Um, and then he says, the de-evolved creature's jaw design is just like the deacon from Prometheus. Yeah. Right. That that last like alien that, that you see at the very end of like the last shot of Prometheus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that before too, how like it kind of seems like Guzikowski kind of has taken Prometheus and like kind of made his own story using some of the Ridley Scott mythology too. So, um, but yeah, Danny, I know you got to go do something now anyway, too, but um, unless you had anything else to say we, on the last cast, Danny's right. We are talking about the Terminator tomorrow. So come join us out uh, on that. Just look up our channel. It's called the Lasser cast L A S S E R. And um, we're going to be talking about the original Terminator. Then we're doing predator next week. And then we're going to finally end with the running man. So there's an Arnold theme. Yeah. And if you and, uh, and if you guys really love science fiction, we have a great almost hour long interview with David Weiner, who directed the two In Search of Darkness, uh, '80s horror documentaries, and has a new In Search of Tomorrow, all about '80s sci-fi. Uh, we spend an hour just nerding out over uh, '80s science fiction. Uh, it's really great. Uh, he was he's like a friend of our channel. He he comes on. I think it's like the third or fourth time that we've had him on. He always does great work with us. Uh, and he's his films are amazing. I love them. Uh, so if you're big sci-fi fans, which obviously you guys are, you should definitely check that interview out and go to 80scifidoc.com and order the almost five-hour documentary before March 27th. Yes, absolutely. I'm getting yeah. better at plugs. Oh, you sure are, man. And then last but not least, let's end with, with Runaway Lady here. Thanks for the discussion. I love this show. It blows my mind. And then Sith Thank Vicious, you. I'll check it Thank out. Thank you, Thanks. guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching. It makes it worth it. But uh, until then, we will see you guys next time. Good night.